0: john i'm giddy absolutely giddy today i got a giddy up in my step and i got a giddy in my voice
1: yeah by the way we just had our floors done so if you could take your spurs off i'd appreciate it and thank you and thank you for parking your horse outside
0: (laughs) by the way i was walking in central park the other day with your spurs and your horse with my dog and i was on the bridle path and i was with someone and on the bridle path you see this step on the side and I said, do you know what that is? And the photos. Didn't know what it was. No, you'd think in this day of Instagram photos, it was for being able to step up to get on your horse. Ah. And they have those throughout the bridle path. Excellent. Well, that's really nice. And uh, I was in Beacon Hill in Boston yesterday walking around. And outside these old houses, they have these right on the steps, this little steel thing that's it's almost like a crescent moon it's
1: like to clean off your boots and spurs
0: yes it is clean off your boots from all the crap literally and mud from riding your horse now we
1: have doormats
0: now we have doormats.
1: speaking of doormats okay that that was just a lame attempt at a transition because we (laughs) did not organize this episode around the notion of how people would mount and then clean themselves post dismounting of said horse instead It's probably clear to our listeners by now that you and I get a huge kick out of words. Maybe we could even call this podcast Words with Friends, but that's being used. It's taken. And they had to change their name because they try to rip off Scrabble. So we probably don't want to do that to them. In any event, every year, the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary comes out with an update. And in that update, they add a bunch of new words to the dictionary. By the way, do they lose words then? It might just get bigger.
0: I think they should lose words well. they may very well. well. I'd like to vote on that. Like, does anyone ever use the word like appendage anymore? Well, I guess you do.
1: You just did. (laughs) You sort of have a small problem there. In any event-
0: Consumption you don't use because it's now tuberculosis.
1: Well, I think what we can do is we're going to talk about the words that were added this year. Okay. And then if indeed they do lose words, because that probably is the case- because things do get obsoleted, like having to step up on the bridle path to get onto your horse, then we'll do a separate episode on words that were lost from the dictionary this year, if there are words like that. So, Kurt, would you like to kick us off with a word that is new to the
0: dictionary this year? Yes, and this is a sad state of- Oh,
1: God, here we go. Here we go.
0: (laughs) No, no, not a society. The death of modern civilization,
1: (laughs) according to Kurt Schneider.
0: Of our economy. Right? Yes. Shrinkflation was added.
1: Shrinkflation. Is that when you bring a product too close to the seashore and it gets exposed to cold water?
0: <laughs> Shrinkage! Shrinkage! No, it is when you charge the same amount of price for the product, but it's a smaller size.
1: Right. So, based- so
0: Doritos, the pound bag, which used to be $5. Yeah. Is now a three quarter pound bag for the same price? You're getting less for the same price. They're trying to trick you, and that's wrong.
1: Yeah, it is not made clear to you that the package size. Because sometimes you'll see something that says new larger size, but <laughs> can you imagine new smaller size? Although I guess they did that for a while where they had the hundred calorie sizes. Yeah, that was smart. So <laughs> remember I guess, those?
0: Those were ridiculous. Well, I guess, and they it, charged more for them.
1: I I guess if. Prices are going up. You have a choice. You can either raise the price, which people don't seem to get a huge kick out of, or you can shrink the package. What are deceiving us? By the way, it's not clear. I agree with you. What I found interesting about this list is that some of the words I have never heard before. Mm -hmm. Some of the words I have heard and thought were already in the dictionary. Mm -hmm. And then there were a few things like, "Yeah, that's a word from the last year or a few years, and it deserves to take its rightful place." Like what? In the dictionary. I haven't looked up Google's results on which search terms are the most popular search terms of the day and compare how that search term has become more or less popular over time. That would be an interesting podcast. That's a good point. It probably would require extensive research yes. on our part. <laughs> now, if someone's already done half of it, we're in.
0: And analytics, which are not my strong suit, even though I work for an analytics company.
1: And you have an analytical brain in many ways when you can keep it focused on analytics. In any event, is there a word or a term that has been used more in the last couple years than supply chain? Now, there's a word or a term that some people in business knew, especially if they worked on sourcing and manufacturing and distributing products and all the different suppliers and components that have to come together in transportation to get stuff built and distributed. But because, of course, of the pandemic and all of the supply chain failures, Everybody seems to know what a supply chain is now. And Merriam-Webster has decided to honor that with a place in the dictionary.
0: Supply chain.
1: I know it's two words, Kurt. Is it hyphenated? No. I think there are terms in the dictionary that- So it's a
0: term that falls in the dictionary. Interesting. Supply chain. Okay.
1: Okay. So we may have said words, but I don't think we were taking extraordinary liberty there.
0: No, I'm going to accept that. You know what I was thinking? I'll
1: inform the Merriam-Webster people (laughs) that you're good with
0: that. So the- the Sean Connery character on Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live. So funny. Would have said analytics, anal <laughs> Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was going to tell a story off of that, and then I thought better of it. And that's what happens when you're this is live-ish.
0: So I also saw something about Norm MacDonald, and he said the perfect joke he was working on was the tagline and a setup line are the same. The punchline and a setup line okay. are the same. He read a headline that... This not hippie, but yippee, Jerry Rubin died. So he read it on Saturday Live Weekend Report. Yippee, Jerry Rubin died. Oh, sorry. Yippee, Jerry Rubin died. Yeah, that's very good. Very good. He was a very smart
1: guy. He just died in the past year. Pretty young too. And I actually have a friend who was a good friend of his and he was a seriously funny guy. Now, Norm MacDonald, while a very funny guy and a great story, was not recently added to the (laughs) Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. So
0: I was a little off track there. Surprise. No, no,
1: no problem. Supply chain. There is another two word term yes. that I think I'll leave to you because it was featured on an early pet peeves episode. So would you like to wheel that one out? Yes.
0: And it is a peeve of both of ours. And well, it's more now-
1: yours. I've only adopted it just out of my deep sense of empathy.
0: Avocado toast? Because that's not what I'm talking about, but it's along the same lines.
1: It is, but I don't have a problem with avocado toast.
0: Pumpkin spice.
1: Yes, the pumpkin spiceification. of the American commercial landscape.
0: And my son asked me the other day if I had had a pumpkin spice latte, and I said no. And then he said, there's some alcohol drink now. It's like pumpkin spice martini to go with the espresso martini. You cannot have the word martini behind both of those. You can't say vodka martini. You can't say espresso martini. You can't say pumpkin spice martini. You can say gin martini. That's it. Full stop. Boom.
1: So I look forward to a future New York Times crossword puzzle clue, perhaps a Sunday crossword puzzle that reads basically pumpkin spice blank or espresso blank. And I will instantly know that the answer is martini.
0: I think Will Shorts, I think, I don't know him personally. I think he's a gin martini guy. I don't think he would do that. So why would you
1: even say gin martini to your point? Isn't that redundant? Right. Okay. Just say martini. Okay. So we know that you have a long-standing issue with the pumpkin proliferation spice. of pumpkin spice. In fact, our listeners, it's not just the pumpkin spice latte. If you go to the supermarket in September, October, your mind will be blown by how many products come out with a pumpkin spice version.
0: How many people do you think who order a pumpkin spice latte or pumpkin spice, whatever, think it actually has pumpkin in it?
1: Well, as opposed to some sort of artificial flavoring?
0: There's no pumpkin in it at all. There's not even pumpkin flavoring in it. Pumpkin spice are the spices they use in pumpkin pie. It has nothing to do with pumpkin doesn't even come in it. It's not even in it. So shouldn't it be it's like pumpkin spices and allspice and all this stuff. Yes, that that is the true thing that people think, oh, I'm getting pumpkin. There ain't no pumpkin in pumpkin spice, people.
1: Do you like the meat of pumpkin? The flesh of pumpkin? No. I love pumpkin pie. But that was an awkward attempt at a transition because there was so a This term- is your
0: second time to transition.
1: Here's the difference between you and me today. I'm trying to make transitions. So- this is a term I had never heard before, but it kind of makes a little bit of sense. And it is the term meat space, which is why I asked you about whether you like the meat of a pumpkin. Meat space is basically the name the metaverse people have given to the physical world. So this really we're, well, we're basically a bunch of meat, you know,
0: M E E T or M E A T?
1: M E A T. Really? Well, it's a little bit like you're sort of depositioning. The old space, not that the physical space will ever be replaced, but think of snail mail when email came along. They made the old kind seem kind of eh. So they.
0: But it's M E A T.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I'm happy to answer the question again, Kurt. Yes.
0: Why, who came up with this? Facebook?
1: No, I don't know who it's attributed Zuckerberg. to originally, but it has to do with, you know, now that there is this metaverse, there needs to be a distinction between that world and this world, that space and this space, I guess. So that's the metaverse and we're in the meat space.
0: Here's the, I have a bunch of- I bet
1: of, you it was like a tech bro who did it.
0: Yeah, I have a bunch of issues I wonder with if that. tech
1: bro is going to be added to the dictionary. Well,
0: there's finance bro. So I think finance bro was a couple years ago and the picture, has, it has to be a Patagonia vest
1: did you read about Patagonia this week or last week? guy was Very awesome. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gave away the entire company yeah. to a trust.
0: But um, meat space, when you first said it, I was thinking M-E-E-T, and therefore I was thinking it was like WeWork. That would be a meat space.
1: Well, a meat space would be kind of like, there could be one in the physical world, and there could be one in the metaverse. So that's that's the wrong vector, Kurt.
0: Do you know where the expression blue bloods comes from?
1: Blue bloods. Uh, that's a good question. I do not know where the term blue bloods comes well, what does come. it mean? It means... Rarified ends of society, aristocracy, upper crust, upper Upper, class. Upper
0: crust, upper class, aristocracy, exactly. It comes from the fact that the aristocracy in England would interbreed often, and therefore the people would look sickly, and their skin was so pale and so white, you could see through it, and you could see their veins, which were all blue, blue blood. So it comes from almost a physical problem.
1: So, it's a physical byproduct of the crossbreeding among the aristocracy. That's but, interesting. And
0: so, it was a negative because it looked bad and Doesn't it was a physical good. problem. But now
1: it sounds like a positive thing. Exactly. And and you and I are both wearing blue pullovers today. So, but we can't see our. You have any tracks on your forum? No, no track. <laughs> All right. So, in any event, we'll do another episode soon on the origin of these terms oh, and right, fun sorry. phrases. What,
0: what's this episode about?
1: So, now you're being a little adorkable. Which is another word that I have never heard before, but was added to the dictionary this year. you want to tell our listeners what a dorkable? Actually, I think you could figure it out from the name, but I had, have you ever heard that term? Yes. You had. Yes. Have you called somebody? Yet? No. Heard no, someone called no. it or Look, been called it?
0: I've never, and I, I'm, I guess I'm proud of this. I've never had an Aperol spritz and I've never used an emoji in any text or emails ever. So I have not used the word adorkable either. I'm sort of the last holdout. I'm like Citizen Kane, right? I'm sitting here with Rosewood, Rosebud, Rosebud, <laughs> Rosebud. I'm holding on to the old ways.
1: Rosewood, very good. Kurt. I just
0: want my sled. I won't. Adorkable is socially awkward or quirky in a way that is endearing.
1: Yeah, you're basically a dork, but in a sort of a cool, endearing it makes way. Sense.
0: I, I'm okay with this word.
1: So you're not adorkable in your view.
0: Well, because I'm not geeky. Okay, I understand.
1: We all have stories in our head, Kurt. I'm not
0: socially awkward. I'm quirky and I'm endearing. But one thing I'm not as socially awkward, I'm a social bully sometimes.
1: So I was thinking about something last night because I was thinking about a book. I couldn't sleep last night. And that was too bad because I was really tired when I went to bed. Mm, I slept great last night. I am happy to hear that. That's good. (laughs) And it's showing in your ability to beautifully and seamlessly transition from topic to topic as if there's no relationship among them.
0: There are none. You know why? Because there's a new word that comes in, to MacGyver something.
1: Yeah, that is great. That has finally made the dictionary. That was
0: a good TV show.
1: Yeah, I always think of the Saturday Night Live version of it instead, which, of course, back to that, it just, what did they call it?
0: I don't know. Uh, I forgot.
1: I forgot, too, but MacGyver was great. So basically... We're going to go back to what I was going to say in a moment, but while we're here, why don't you give the actual definition in the dictionary now of MacGyver?
0: Well, MacGyver was, right, this TV show, this guy, and he would sit there and have to make a computer out of some gum wrapper and a paper
1: clip. Right, he could fix amazing problems with basically the stuff that was on hand.
0: The duct tape was, I mean, he was a magician with duct
1: tape. You and I once talked about the fact that duct tape and WD-40 are the two most essential household items. And someone had a great way to describe them. I think duct tape is to get things to stick together that won't stick together. And WD-40 is to get things to unstick that are not supposed to be stuck together. But those are Good really- yeah, both, by the way. Yes. I mean, that's, that's quintessential stuff.
0: So MacGyver is now a word to make, form, or repair something with what is conveniently on hand. Yeah, kind of like what I said. Yep. So you weren't sleeping well last night because I'm keeping you on track today.
1: Yes. Thank you for that. I mean, your, your discipline, MacGruber was what they called it right, on SNL. Right. That was so good. Okay. What I was going to ask you is since you don't consider yourself adorable,
0: But you weren't sleeping well last night.
1: Uh, there's a book I'm going to write. <laughs> I'm thinking about this book idea. And I don't remember what I was going to say about the book, <laughs> but I'm going to remember and then I'll bring it back up before the end of this episode. So please stick with us. Okay. It's a bit of a teaser. So you don't consider yourself a dorkable, but do you consider yourself a baller?
0: Oh, for sure.
1: Oh, yes, you do. Yes,
0: I do. And, I am a baller in my own mind. And and that has made it as a new word to be a baller. Yeah. So it's so that's in been the around dictionary for a while. Well, I think it's, it's not a word that
1: just sort of pops up yesterday right. and then they drop it in. I think it has to get sort it's of. it got to have some roots. gravitas. Well, it has to have some roots and some, some usage. Some usage. Usage. So a baller is basically, I guess, someone who lives sort of an exciting, you know, big, lavish lifestyle.
0: You saw the TV show called Ballers.
1: I'm happy to report that I did not watch Ballers.
0: Oh, it's, it's one of my son's favorite shows. He is a ex-NFL player, it's The Rock, in Miami, who becomes a sports agent. And they're driving Ferraris and McLarens and drinking high-end tequila. And they got you know, watches that are worth $50,000 under risk They're ballers. So we are in the baller lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I think it's a good word. I'm sure
1: I've used it. I'm probably not a whole heck of a lot, but.
0: So you just brought up something of how a word gets in here. We have to use it for a while. When they were coming up with the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary in yes. the 19th century.
1: I love that book, which might make me adorkable. <laughs>
0: You're definitely adorable. Oh come on! You are definitely adorable. Are you
1: gonna argue that I'm? I know what I was gonna say about the book. Now, are you gonna argue that I am socially awkward? No, but you are. Well, you're adorable. In what way am I socially awkward?
0: Okay, (laughs) you're not social. So
1: I may be prone to saying outrageous things. That's what I was gonna. But that doesn't make me. No, it's kind of the opposite. I'm a little too comfortable socially. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 We don't have a word for that yet. No, I think that's Maybe the Maybe next year. So in the forming the OED.
1: Yeah, the Oxford English Dictionary.
0: You couldn't get a word in it unless they had something like four or five reference points of finding where the word was used in right. everyday language or in books or in writing or songs right. or, or lyrics or poems or whatever.
1: Yeah, and what I, what I think, yeah, so the Oxford English Dictionary basically goes back through centuries and tracks words, the, the same word, how it's been used differently. So I think the cool thing is you can actually see how words meant something completely different in England 250 years ago. It's sort of weird how a word can change its meaning. It probably takes a long time. The but
0: Professor look, and the Madman, great yes, book.
1: Yes. Um, someone once bought that for me. Yeah,
0: he didn't read it, but because you're a dork.
1: I haven't read it yet, for God's sakes.
0: <laughs> I bought a few six years
1: ago. I'm waiting for the right moment. Oh. So, what so, about a
0: book? You were going to tell me something. So
1: you described yourself as quirky, and I was thinking about this concept. I don't remember how it fit into the book idea exactly, but I was going to describe a character, which may have in part been based on me, and apparently you, that we're the kind of people that takes being called quirky as a compliment. It is, isn't it? I think there are plenty of people who may not get a kick out of being called quirky.
0: I I embrace it and love it. So in speaking with our, in keeping with the theme of this episode, Thank you. Uh, Another new word. Turning over
1: a new leaf here.
0: (laughs) Another new word, but I misspeak because it's new words or phrase that's been added, is something that I think it's the pandemic has started this and bred this. Side hustle. Yes. So that means basically what, John?
1: It means it's um, not your main job, but it's something you do on the side to bring in some extra cash. I don't think it's the pandemic. I think the pandemic has hastened its popularity. But I think as the economy has become more of a gig economy and the notion of a job, you know, being a stable thing at a stable company for a long period of time, I think it's really a function of the gig economy, which precedes the pandemic.
0: But side hustles are, I think, I mean, how many, what percentage of people in your company do you think are doing side hustles? And are you okay with it?
1: I have no idea because...
0: Isn't that an issue right there?
1: I don't think so. Um, Clamp down on your employees, John. Clamp down. Everybody that works in our company works remotely and was hired during the pandemic. So it's sort of a weird dynamic building a company while a lot of people haven't had a chance to meet before. And one of the benefits of having a remote company is you can hire talent from all over the world. Obviously, it's hard for you to get together physically. But I mean, I guess my theory is as long as someone's getting their job done and doing it well, if they have interests on the side, people have hobbies.
0: So you, really, you're okay with that? Okay, you know what that is? Another new word that's been added: a subvariant of actual good employees. Subvariant.
1: Well, I like that. if you're not if you're not prepared to recognize that the role of company and employee is going through big changes, then you are. I'm trying to find one of the new words added to. I'm then, an dorkable luddite. No, then your thinking is a bit sus.
0: What is sus?
1: Apparently we needed a slang word for the term suspect. So your thinking was suspect in my view, but why spend the extra calories to spit out the second syllable? So a slang for suspect, which is now in the dictionary is sus. I think your thinking was a bit sus on that topic.
0: Sus. S-U-S. But by the way, here's the issue. If it's pronounced sus, it should be S-U-S-S. But that's not part of suspect. I get it. Or suspicious.
1: Should have, you know, so it should be spelled that way. Otherwise, it sues. Well, only if you, look, you, when you look at the phonetic spelling and stuff, you'll figure out what's a long vowel and what's a short vowel. And there are plenty of words that are pronounced in a way that's a little bit weird when you look at their spelling. So get over it, so Kurt. So
0: a lot of these texting words are now coming in.
1: This was a pet peeve. Yeah. I brought this up as a pet peeve. Yeah. So I was, when I saw this list, I was going, wow. So spit it out, Kurt.
0: Well, before I even get there, I just have one issue with texting. You should not shorten a word if you're just saving one letter. When you say, I'll text you later, and you do TXT, all you're missing is the E. Just do it the correct way and put T-E-X-T. I get it if you're saving nine letters or seven letters. Okay, there's a time equation quotient you're trying to figure out. but
1: I've got an example of an informal version.
0: L-M-A-O. Well, that's a lot of things you're talking about, but yeah.
1: So here's one that totally confounds me. This is a two-letter expression that oftentimes is written in four letters. So when someone says, okay, two whole letters, like the okay corral. Yeah. But have you ever gotten someone writing down okay,
0: they both so, accept- I understand
1: the point is there is a shorter form available and people make the choice to use the elongated form while the trend on everything else is to shorten things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like suspect to sus. So what is it about okay? I think we're complicated pieces of meat sacks. We're basically <laughs> meat sacks with a lot of inherent contradictions. Not meat sacks. Well no, we are meat sacks <laughs> oh, operating in the meat space. space. You are nothing more than a meat sack. Whether you think you're a baller or a dorkable, you are basically physically a meat sack. Now you're sentient on a good day. So it's not like you're in a meat locker.
0: What about the guy from Google?
1: Tell me more because I don't know what you mean.
0: (laughs) The guy who was in charge of AI from Google who quit because he said the one strain of AI he was working on at Google has now become sentient. And he was scared crapless about it. I would too, but there's been a lot of movies and and your favorite book you read, the one book you read, Brave New World, all about sentient people in the future,
1: written in the 20s. That's not true. There are several things in your statement that are not true. Number one, while the book did have an impact on me, great. That's what books are supposed to do. They're supposed to affect your thinking and your worldview. Two, I have read other books. And three, it was a sentient society. So it wasn't like this transition from unconscious or not conscious beings to sentient beings. Okay. That was not one
0: of the parts of the book. But you're kind of like my younger son who read one book all through high school, one, Unbroken. He had to write like every summer, what book did you read and report on it? And every year he wrote about Unbroken.
1: So I think you have this place in your brain where Quinn, in that particular story of Quinn, is lodged. And because it's easy for you, Brave
0: new world. you
1: use less energy just to attach it to something already in your brain, anchoring it to something that's already there. Because God forbid you make space in your brain for a new thought.
0: Okay, I'll give you a new thought. And then I think we have to wrap up. I'm going to cringe at that, John. New word added, cringe.
1: Yeah, that's a word that I was surprised when it wasn't already there. That's not cringe and cringeworthy do not seem like brand spanking new words to me.
0: Do you know what's weird speaking about that? When I'm playing Scrabble or Word with Friends, one of the two, they don't let you use the word queer. Like it's not a like real a word. Like a social thing? I don't know, but queer was, existed before it went to someone being homosexual as As did queer. the word gay. Right.
1: Did they let you use the word gay? Yes, but wow. not queer. There's so many inconsistencies in, uh-huh. the, meat, in the meat sacks <laughs> that operate in the meat space if that we're in run a metaverse, that game. It
0: wouldn't be that way.
1: We could fix it easier. So here's, here's a term as we wrap up that I have never heard before. Tell me. And it's a term because it is two words, which seems to be a thing for you. Avocado toast. That's not a word that was just a term added to the dictionary. So stop confusing our listeners. Was it on the list?
0: Avocado toast, no.
1: Okay, then why do you keep mentioning it? Just to confuse everybody, here's one. Have you ever heard the term Galentine's Day? No. That is some messed up stuff.
0: Galentine's Day? What, are you drinking a gallon of... Pumpkin spice lattes?
1: That would be perhaps your version of Galentine's. Actually, it would be a pumpkin spice martini in your case. Oh,
0: God. So
1: it is the day before Valentine's Day, also sometimes referred to as February 13th, yeah. and is a chance to celebrate friendship relationships, particularly among women, Galentine's Day. You're kidding me. No, it, it's, it's one of those that do make you feel like we're, you know, we're close to the precipice. I think it?
0: we are. Armageddon is around the corner. Galentine's day. I'm
1: sorry. This is, this is, and then greenwashing made it as a new word. It did as did greenwashing, which is a real thing because as more and more people and companies are making decisions based on the environmental impact of that decision or pretending to greenwashing is basically making something seem more environmentally friendly or less environmentally damaging than it actually is to get credit for being green.
0: I'm gonna be a greenwashing consultant and tell people how to do it. You're gonna to make tons of money. You don't have to do anything. But all these companies have put all this budget towards green yeah, greenizing. It's and there there are some funds. Not aggrandizing, greenizing.
1: There are plenty of businesses where you know where funding is contingent upon meeting certain carbon neutrals goals and oh things like that. God. A lot of REITs, you know, who buy up all these apartment buildings. The money that they raise is contingent upon them achieving certain, which is great.
0: And they bring these consultants in. They give them avocado toast and pumpkin spice lattes, I and think, they put I them I on think their way. I think this is a
1: positive one. The last one I'm going to throw out you, Kurt, because I was very surprised it was in the dictionary, and it's a word that I think it's a decent word. Janky. What? Janky. J a n k y. It means when something's like poor quality or or faulty.
0: So that would be junky, John.
1: Janky. It's just looking kind of janky. That doesn't look right. It's kind of janky. Okay. I like that. I'll use it. Okay. Janky. Well, you promise?
0: I-C-Y-M-I. In case you missed it. Yeah, that's a new word. I know. It's and, not a word. It's well, letters. Yeah. and Well, F- then w- if it's a word, you should be e-c-me.
1: <laughs> F-W-I-W, we should probably wrap up this episode.
0: F-W. It's a new word added?
1: For what it's worth. All right. Before Kurt has a coronary. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Kurt, and I'll be back next week with another episode of Smart Drivel. We hope you enjoyed.
0: And I hope that you find some drivel out there to go along with your smart. Perhaps a drivel martini.
1: Oh, (laughs) All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.